What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that. Shotgun set. Three receivers left. And here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Brady and he caught ball. Evans. He has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record 1,000 yards or more in his first seven seasons and won a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Looking again, looking again. Throws up the middle. Hats in the side. At the 30. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directly. Goes toward the end. Battle in. Intercepted, picked off in the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White, what a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs. I am Scott Smith. I'm Jeff Ryan. We are the Salty Dogs. We are. And we're alone. In this building. It's it's COVID all over again. We're sitting alone. Across from this long, from each other, across this long table. And I think we're about, there might be three people in the building. I don't know. Let me look to see if security's down there. Yep. Okay. Five. <laughs> so the reason for this is Hurricane Ian has, um, I don't know, caused some worry. Caused. Approaching Hurricane Ian. We're, we're, caused appropriate concern. We're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. Um, it might be. When's it supposed to be here, Jeff? Or well, in Florida? It, it was supposed to hit um, Wednesday, later on in Wednesday. Okay. Uh, you're, you'll start getting some bands today. However, um, thankfully for the Bay Area, it seems to be shifting to the south of us. Uh, unfortunately for Sarasota and below, even Fort Myers included, could be bad for them. Jeff always wanted to be a meteorologist. I know. I, I Well, there's one thing that we were having lunch earlier, and I made the comment that, you don't start really looking at the hurricane until it goes over Cuba yeah. because that's where it breaks up and then regains into the Gulf and the Strait right there. So, anyways. So, it's reminiscent well, yeah. of 2004 yep, Charlie. Hurricane Charlie. And, and that's why Jeff is, I think, um, talking about it the way he is because as much as you want to feel good about the fact that maybe your house and my house and the areas right, right. here are going to be out right. of danger – it's going to hit somewhere. Right. And don't want to be insensitive to whoever no. that ends up being. In 2004, that was the one, Charlie, it was huge, too. It was one mm-hmm. of the biggest hurricanes ever to hit the U.S. Yep. And that was the one that was, at first, seemed to be headed Tampa right Bay. at us. Yeah. And just like this one, Hurricane Ian, as of yesterday, seemed to be the case. Right. That one, however, veered off to, like, the east and the south, right? Right. And we were in Orlando at the time. It hit a lot of places. It, it devastated Port Charlotte and oh, some places like yep. that. And then it did actually get all the way to Orlando, uh-huh. uh, where the Bucks were having training camp. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a tough subject all around. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, I mean, you have to be prepared. You have to pay attention to what's going on. No question. You know, and, and it's just one of those things. I mean, it's Mother Nature. So but the, you have to be ready. And, and people are, and the organization is. Jeff, there's the buses. I know. Uh, the team is heading um, – we can see out to Miami. The, we can see from this conference room. We can see out through the football at the front of the building, uh-huh. and the buses are now pulling out to go to the airport where they have a couple charter planes. Yep. To take them 
and some of their families, I've, I've yeah. been told, it, and football staff and a couple business staffers right. are all headed to South Florida, and they're going to practice at the Miami Dolphins facility. Yeah, because the Dolphins are playing on Thursday in Cincinnati, and the Dolphins have an indoor facility, and they're, you, don't, you don't have to take the weight room. And the Dolphins are being very gracious in lending the facility yeah, to, the, to the Bucks. pretty amazing that it worked out that way with yeah. the Dolphins having a Thursday game. So they would be flying out today. Maybe they already have. So – uh, it was a good opportunity for the Buccaneers, and that's where they're headed. It, it's not great. No. Uh, it's not a problem anywhere near uh, in magnitude to whoever ends up being in the path of this hurricane. Right. But it's not great for a team preparing for a pretty big game. to And it's a home game, and yet now you have the travel of a travel week. Right. And <clears throat> you, still don't, you still have the uncertainty where you're going to play this game because of storm surges and flooding um, things of that nature that could ha- develop in the Tampa Bay area. Plus, you also have your first responders, your police, everybody. They, they're using Raymond James Stadium as a staging area. I was over there this morning, and it was crazy how much um, equipment was being moved in there, not only to be ready to respond, but for pr- protection of, of it. In fact, they actually end up putting helicopters in there, too. So... Uh, once it passes and it's over with, then it's a question mark of how fast can and how much, um, I don't want to say damage, but how, you know, how severe the weather had affected the Tampa Bay area before we even know if we're playing on Sunday night. So the NFL, the NFL has a disaster plan they in do. place for every single game. Mm-hmm. And so there would be a, a different venue yes and not in the bay area no that the buccaneers could end up playing basically a neutral site game what i don't know and maybe you've heard if the bucks were to play in another city another nfl stadium in a different city who gets to go when you when you say who gets to the go, fans who oh well I, what they normally have done in the past when it's gone to a neutral site like that they just basically open the doors and say hey you're welcome to come it's free yeah Holy moly. Yeah, because that's and, – and, you know, our, our destination, by the time you would hear this, would be Minneapolis. Mm. So that, um, would be, that would be the first destination. And the league does this when they put the schedules out. They do a contingency plan for every game for whatever reason that a game couldn't be played in that city. So this stuff has been developed back in April. So by your theory – 60 or 70,000 people could watch Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes free. Basically, yeah. I believe what that's What if how... you have Bucks season tickets and want to go there? Well, that I, I, I can't answer that question. I don't know. Okay. That I, I don't guess this know. is just one of those crazy weeks where we're going to find out a lot of stuff we didn't know before. Yeah, mainly because it just happens so quickly. So, I mean, it, it's... We're obviously hoping that doesn't happen. Well, uh, just in yeah. case, <laughs> Just in case the Buccaneers have also decided to postpone the uh, induction of Bruce Arians into the Ring of Honor, which was supposed to happen at halftime yep. on Sunday night, which was nice symmetry because, obviously, Bruce's finest moment with the Buccaneers and the, the team as a whole fine moment was against Kansas City. Super Bowl right. 55 against Kansas City in that stadium. Yeah. So that that was neat. Um, but it is not to be, and that will be uh, – they'll do that at another game later on in the home schedule. Yeah, and I – you know, in all honesty, they want to do it right. Of course. And so, you know, even if the game is played Sunday at Raymond James Stadium Sunday night, just because of all the other things yeah. going on. And there's – not only do you do the, uh, you know, the ring of honor, but there's also a reception beforehand and all of that. So it, it, they bring back the other uh, ring – what are the honorees? 
Is that what they would be? Ring of Honor members. Ring of Honor members. They would bring red them. jackets. Yeah, they would bring them back, and uh, it's it's a nice gathering. So, for another day for another day. All right. Well, I feel like we're starting out on a downer here, um, and you know, people come to this podcast to have a good sure. time. I think. Uh, well, but you know, we share everything, and this is what we're dealing with right now. We, uh, you know. My TV's been on in my office uh, watching the Weather Channel. Or the TV in my new office yeah. doesn't work, Jeff. Really? Yeah. Bummer. You need to get a better. I need to get my <laughs> room. I ain't complaining, though, because it's Are a nice sure? office. Are you sure? Is it just the t- Is it the remote or is it the TV? I was told that the t- I haven't even tried. Oh. There's three remotes in there and none of them work. I was just told that it doesn't work. I'm sorry. It's a nice office, though, so I'm not complaining. Scott Smith has been has been in the same office for many, many years until three months ago or four months ago. How, when did you move into it your... It was this off-season. Yeah, okay. So he's been in the same office forever since like we moved in here. 16 years. Mm-hmm. And he's moved to an office and got comfortable, and he's really happy. And then he just got moved to the office, and he happens to be my next-door neighbor right now. The um, I think people called my old office like the dungeon yeah because it, there were no windows it was in like the direct middle yeah of oh, this, the, it was a the safe, building it was the safest place in the building if there was a hurricane and you had to be in this building yeah. your office was the exactly. place everybody would have come hung out with yeah. me but in the it area the nice thing about it that the reason i never well I, I don't complain about these things anyway but the reason i wouldn't complain all those years is because it was at the end of a hall where not a lot of traffic right so i like quiet when i'm trying to do my job yeah you're in the wrong place now <laughs> <laughs> well i still my new office does have a door yeah and it has it windows can be closed yes. but yes i think i always liked it before and wasn't sure if i wanted to move but my last two offices i've have had windows and i'm a convert now jeff i yeah. like this isn't the right week to say this but i've enjoyed sort of watching the daily storms roll in uh-huh. at like four o'clock mm-hmm. There's palm trees right outside. Yep. There's morning doves yep. and blue jays, and I get a little show every night. I know, and you're right next to me. It doesn't get any better I mean, than I that. I keep ignoring that part. You know, I, I, it's funny because I, I, I probably once I say this, then I probably am going to be in trouble. But I am the last remaining member in the la- in the same office since we moved in. Yeah, this. you and I were tied. Yeah. And so I win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you win. I win. Uh, do you think maybe we should talk about Buccaneers football at all? Well, I mean, that's kind of why people are coming here. I'm, yeah. I'm guessing. Well, but we're giving them a flavor because no matter where you are in the world, you're seeing that there is a potential threat for a hurricane. So we're just giving you the latest I update. just think you don't want to talk about the Bucks losing a game. Uh, I'm very disappointed in that game. I was very disappointed. <clears throat> it, was, um, it was unusual in that uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers – who I didn't expect to have much offensive success due to their personnel and their injuries uh-huh. and their first couple games. And I didn't think the Buccaneers were going to have a ton of offensive success either for many of the same reasons. And then they start the game and Green Bay just slices all the way down yep. the field on two straight drives for touchdowns and then does it really a third time but loses that on a um, forced fumble. Forced fumble, which, by the way, I was talking to Casey about that this uh-huh. morning and she had been talking to Coach on the radio on a radio show. And I was wondering to myself – why was Vita Van nine yards downfield to force that fumble by Aaron Jones after that catch? Uh-huh. And Casey knew because Coach Bowles had explained it, and he said they had seen on, on film that in those situations when they're, like, inside the 10-yard line, uh-huh. they like to sneak the running back out into the middle of the field right about that spot, like a yard or two in front of the end zone. And so they were ready for it, and they thought if they dropped a D lineman, in this case Vita, he would be there in the spot, and that's exactly what happened. So that was just good scouting and coaching. Yeah, wow. And and, uh, I felt a little sorry for Aaron Jones, who I don't know if he saw Vita coming and was demolished by a (laughs) 340-pound missile. (laughs) I I am not shocked in the least that he fumbled. I don't think he should feel bad about it. Right. But in any case, after that, 
after the two touchdowns, the Buccaneers defense forced seven punts and two turnovers, and then there was a kneel down. That's all. They Green Bay couldn't move the ball anymore after yeah. that. So Coach Bowles said it was some mistakes, a couple blown coverages that where they didn't get off the field on third down. And some guys with their eyes in the wrong places, but once they settled in and started doing what they were supposed to their assignments, mm-hmm. we saw that same great defense we'd seen the first two weeks. Yeah, and considering you know you hold them to just 14 points, if you would say, hey, uh, you're going to play the Packers, they're only scoring 14, you think you're going to win? I would have uh, thought we'd win. Yeah, no question, no question. Well, and the funny thing about this was the approach. I mean, you could see it. I don't need to tell you the stats, although I'm going to. Uh-huh. You could see that their whole approach was – get the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands yep. really quickly. And yep. they schemed up some good stuff. And uh-huh. apparently, according to Coach Bowles, we blew a couple coverages. But that was working. Uh-huh. And they nope. were not throwing – he was not throwing the ball downfield at all. At all. So, according to NFL Next Gen Stats, the average air yards on Rodgers' attempts in that game was 4.97. That's how far the ball traveled downfield wow. in the air on average, which is tied with the Matt Ryan game this weekend, actually, against Kansas City for the lowest uh-huh. of any quarterback in any game this year. And his average time to throw was 2.44 seconds, and 73% of his passes either went behind the line of scrimmage or nine yards, zero to nine yards past him. Wow. All that's from NFL Next Gen Stats. And for the first two and a half drives, it worked. It did. You get you got to give credit. I mean, yeah. the Bucks figured it out and shut it down um, and probably should have won a game where they only gave him 14 points. Yeah. But it was, well, it was pretty impressive performance by Rodgers, especially on those first couple of drives. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Not happy about it, but I'm no. I'm telling it like it is. No, and you really, you really could see where uh, you were missing um, Chris Godwin, who was out. Sure. You could see where you were really. I mean, we don't know Mike what. Evans. Who, yeah, I was going to say you don't really know what Julio Jones will bring to the Buccaneers. Well, he had a forty-eight yard catch in Dallas. Yeah, we know what he did in his previous life, but we we really did miss Mike Evans, as you, you yeah, just mentioned. That was a that, bad game. For I, I I think that's a game changer. A two point difference. Yeah. Does Mike Evans make a two point difference? I probably. Think, I think yes. I think because yes. the Buccaneers were two for eleven on third downs, I think they could have maybe done a little better. With now, I now in fairness, uh, Perryman he made a, a couple of really great catches. So well, and then Gage ended up. Russell Gage and, ended up with twelve catches. Yeah, for the, and that touchdown catch was fantastic. Oh, one hand. Well, he kind of spun. It was behind him a little bit, but according to him, that was perfect because if he had been led, he would have been demolished by the defender. Uh-huh. So he's like, he's he was saying Tom put it the only way he could have. But it required a really nice catch by that's, Gage. That's amazing when when a quarterback can put it where the only place he could put it. Yeah. Um, in in real time. It required a really good catch, but obviously Tom trusted Russell to to make that catch. Yeah, yeah. and and you can see where Packers were going into a prevent defense or playing soft, a little softer than normal. But that was a big time drive. Yeah. That was that was a long drive and. There was plenty of time on the clock when the time you finished it, you know, 14 seconds left. Yeah, I mean, they did a good job of actually using all the time. Yeah. Because they didn't want to give Green Bay any time left should they have tied the game. And I thought the game management was really strong because we were taking timeouts before the two-minute warning to Uh, conserve time. I thought game management was very well done. And uh, that put the Bucks in position. That touchdown by Gage put the Bucks in position to tie the game if they could get a two-point conversion. Yep. They did not succeed. He tried to hit Gage again, and it was knocked away by um, uh, the linebacker who jumped, Devondre Campbell. Mm-hmm. Had it made it over Campbell's hands, it looked to me like the DB was also in position to break it up. Yeah. Although Russell Gage thought he might have possibly we drawn could. a pass interference call, mm-hmm. which you can't have on a tip ball. No. So uh, it was unfortunate – 
it was probably a little feels a little more more unfortunate because of the mechanism of the play getting off the play. The yeah. Buccaneers, the time ran out. They took a delay of game penalty. So I, now, you're, now you're trying from the seven instead of the two. Yeah, I think that that smarts more than anything else. If you were at the two and it didn't happen, you would probably say, "Geez, gosh, that sucked." But the fact that you didn't get a shot at the two. Well, it, it cut your options in half because you could conceivably run the ball from mm-hmm. the two if you get the look that you want. In fact, I thought that was going to be the, yeah. Tom but, did hand off yeah. to Leonard before the whistles were blown. Right. As the whistles were blown. There is some question mark is if there were um, issues with the play clock before that. Um, there, they, there seems to be some video existing that shows there was only 20 seconds on the play clock just before – now, you're going to have to do your research after this, but I believe after um, a touchdown, when you're going for the extra point or the two-point two conversion, there's only 20 seconds on the clock, and it starts when the referee says go, not 25. But then why was it 25 when they reset it at the 7? Well, that would be the question. Anyway, Todd Bowles, in, no, this wasn't him or me accusing no, no, anybody no, of no. anything. But he was asked about yeah. this at the press conference and said right. they were going to send it up to the league and see what they said. Well, yeah, because if you look at the if you look at if you're watching TV, you see it. And nowadays, everybody's recording everything and they're going back and forth, and you can see where it's only 20 seconds and then it's 25. Yeah. But I thought there was some kind of league, uh, not league, but some kind of ruling that it, that it's different from that. But then you bring up a great point: is why would it then be? different yeah. the second attempt it's not an excuse though no right? oh no, no, that, no that's not why the Buccaneers lost no they, they should have had more points than that by that point in the game right I mean when you're coming down to that and that and and that was not going to win the game that was going to tie the game right so I would say we had a good decent amount of momentum though and if we well, won the coin flip and the defense had been just absolutely stifling sure, for two and a half quarters sure. um there was good stuff in there, most of it on defense. I mean, um, defense, defensively, the, the team is like, whew. Logan Hall, the rookie. Yeah, um, very nice game. You'd be tempted to think that he. Who would, we wanted to try to get today, but we couldn't that because was, they left. That's who I was going to get. But I, yeah, I probably yeah. should have said, well, two things I should have said at the top. One, that we intended to have a guest, but because of this travel, it didn't work out. So right. you got just me and Jeff today, plus a whole lot of your fan questions. So we're going to get to a lot of those. And. For that reason, I'm going to go ahead and say here earlier in the podcast rather than later, Uh send us questions. We love them. We've been answering a ton of them this season. Uh, You can send it to saltydogs at buccaneers.nfl.com. We try to get to all of them. Sure. We get to most of them, I would say. Yeah. Um, Time permitting. As long as they're nice. And they're usually quite nice. Well, no, if they're not nice, I want to hear those too. You want to hear the not nice ones? Yes, absolutely. Like, Jeff, you're... Listen, everybody. Your voice is here's here's the grating. thing. Everybody has an opinion. Yeah, don't finish that. I know. Um, Logan Hall looked great. He had his first sack late in the game. It was the only sack the Buccaneers got. He also had three of the six hits on Tom Brady. I'm Tom Brady. Yeah. That would be bad. He'd be no, in trouble. Yeah, He'd be he, in trouble. What is Logan out there doing? He would be Tom Brady. He would be cut. Uh. On Aaron Rodgers. I think there would be some coaches in trouble, if, too, if Logan Hall was out there. So he had a sack and three hits, three of the Bucks, six hits on quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, several of those, well, one of the least uh, forced an incompletion on third down, so it was a drive killer. And on that one in particular, it was really impressive because he was lined up over the tackle. He beats the – no, he's lined up over the guard. He beats the guard immediately, but the left tackle, without anything else to do, had slid over uh-huh. to get in front of him, and he just did this just 
awesome swim move or over over the, the uh, tackle's left shoulder. And it was by that guy in like a millisecond. So he beat two guys in the matter of a couple seconds and was in Aaron Rodgers' face fast enough to disrupt the pass. And, and that's the exciting part because he's just beginning to understand yeah. the game. And you might think that with Akeem Hicks out, he's missed this game and probably missed a couple more with his foot injury, that Logan Hall is getting more snaps. But he actually didn't. If you look at the snap counts, it's held pretty steady at about 27, 28 per game. Okay. He's just, he just did more with them, which is great. Yeah. So um, I'm excited about him. Yeah, yeah. And then Joe Tryon Shoyinka. <laughs> Joe he, did well. He had another good game as well. I don't think – well, he didn't have a sack because we only had the one. But he had pressure. He had several pressures, and um, I was speaking with Bree, Brianna Dix, our, our um, news team writer. Well, you're just year. talking to everybody but me. I want to give everybody credit that deserves I mean, it. You know, okay, come on. You had all the good meteorology stuff at the beginning. <laughs> for that. You, you, you broke down the weather situation for us. Um What's the barometric pressure right now? I have no idea. Um, she. I can tell you it's humid outside. Yeah. <laughs> so you're in Florida in September. Uh, a good guess, huh? Yeah. Brianna told me. Listen, the best part about being in weather is you're only like right occasionally and you still have a great gig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, here in Florida, if you just say it's going to rain about four o'clock yeah. this time of year, you'll you're be You're good right. to go. Um, so Brianna, uh, I know she likes to go back and watch. Uh, the games on game pass and just really break it down which if you're reading her stuff you should appreciate because you can tell that knowledge is coming through so read her stuff people on buccaneers.com um she told me that there were three she saw three plays that joe made that essentially forced punts because there were third down plays where he blew up the play which by the way the, the green bay punter should have been named player of the game yeah and it's funny because jake our punter was having a good game too but that guy was bombing him unreal I want to talk about Jake here in a little bit. Okay. But uh, so, Logan, it's it's good to see the young guys, Logan Hall and Joe Tryon Shoyinka, make an impact. When you think about the um, evolution of this defense, uh, the Buccaneers did not bring back Indominus Sue, did not bring back Jason Pierre-Paul, who just signed with the Ravens? Yes. He did a one-year deal with the Ravens. So those were veterans that had been around the league for a long time. You know, uh, JPP had kind of struggled with injuries there towards the end. And they, the Bucks have sort of made a youth movement at those mm-hmm. spots. And if both those guys pan out, now Joe was the last pick of the first round in his year, and Logan was the first pick of the second round. So they're basically like the, our last two first, yeah. round, first round picks. If those guys pan, pan out. out, it's going to be a, a pretty seamless transition to the veterans, to the young guy. And then the rest of the defense is mostly guys that have been playing together for the balance of the last three or four years yeah. under Todd Bowles and have really kind of, I think, the biggest evolution in the Bucks defense this year that has it even better than it has been before, leading the league with nine points allowed per game, uh, is the communication. And that's led by Devin White, who's grown a lot in that regard, and Levante David, who's always yeah. been good at that. So far, uh, I think Devin White's coming really into his own and really understanding the game. And, you know, his first year he made splash plays yeah. and then little – I don't want. I don't like to say drop off, but you would thought he would grow more, but he didn't. And this year, he seems to be just honing in. And we're only two game, well, three games in. Yeah, he's he and he's really playing good. lights and he's out. Got, he's got three sacks already. Oh, yeah, and that's that was what he wanted was more sacks. We wanted more big plays in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so he's playing very well, and him and Levante are really running yeah, that defense mean, as a cohesive unit. Yeah. You, when you say Levante, I just smile. Right. Yeah. I mean, we know what we got with him. Sure. And it's awesome. 
All right, Jeff, what's next? Um, well, I'll go with what you brought up, Jake Camarda. Yeah. Uh, he's wow. making a big difference, too. That's a big rookie impact right there. Yeah. Uh, he was showing off his leg in that game. He was bombing some of them. And he needed to. I know. Like, <laughs> he needed to, you unfortunately. Get, you get a stop at midfield, but they punt it down to, like, the one or two-yard line, and you can't get out. You think, okay, well, that's a big win for Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Half the field, easy. But then they get a penalty – and then we uh, on another running into the kicker. I honestly, only five yards, which I honestly don't know what it takes to get roughing the kicker. This one probably wasn't as bad as the one the previous week, but still, or was it in Dallas? Which it was one, in where, Dallas, I think where it he was. just basically got completely trucked, right, as he was coming to, back down to the ground, right. I don't, and I don't know what's roughing the kicker anymore. I don't either. I don't either. Anyway, that penalty gave him another shot, and he just totally bombed it. So they ended up starting at like their what twenty-five yard mm-hmm. line. They completely flipped the field, right. Um, You know, and the interesting part with Green Bay is their special teams have always been their Achilles heel, at least the last couple of years. So they brought in a guru. They brought in a guru in uh, Rich Bisaccia, who was was our buddy, and he was here as our special teams coach, and he's been around a little bit, and he was uh, uh, last with the Raiders, taking them as the head coach after John Gruden Mm -hmm. uh, retired or moved on. let go. Let go, okay. That's harsh, but um, true. I don't think it was voluntary. No, it was not. Um, I had a chance to, I was telling you earlier, I had a chance to to speak with Richie, and and we talked a little bit about um, what he's bringing more of an edge. He was saying that, um, you know, getting the key guys to go ahead and help them out. Um, And Michael Spurlock, who is in historic – um, right, first, figure for us. First buck ever to return a kickoff for a touchdown. Uh, yeah, I got to see him also because uh, he's working the as game. an assistant for Basaccio, for Richie. Yeah, as is former Buccaneer fullback and assistant coach Byron Stewart. Yeah, so so he's assembled a whole ex Bucks team. Yeah. to fix the Packers Achilles heel, and so far it looks like it's going pretty. Good. I think so. I they think got so. that punter from Chicago, Pat O'Donnell. That's mm-hmm. new. They let go of their. Yeah, he was saying that he brought in a couple guys that he had in Oakland for for okay, special teams. That makes sense, and that that was the you know the goal. And that, if you go back and look at what happened to the Packers in previous the last previous seasons, especially in the playoffs, their special teams really let themselves down. Yeah, so. It was not just bad; it was like a it was horrifically bad, mm-hmm. and b it was unbelievably predictable. Like <laughs> if you were a Packers fan, or if you just watched their games a lot, you, yeah. you weren't surprised right. when everything went wrong on special teams. Yeah. So just fixing that could make a big difference. And but see, that's three facets of the game everyone talks about, mm-hmm. and. Uh, offensively, they had their struggles. Defensively, they played well, and special teams, they played well. You could say that about both teams. Yeah, all right, so that's I how was it going ended up to. Being a fourteen yeah. twelve game, right? Uh, D Delaney, another guy I'd like to point out. He's one of the gunners mm-hmm. and is doing a really good job. If you see all those guys making fair catches and waving their arms, there's a reason why. If you look at who's standing close to them, usually it's D Delaney. I love how they run. Really, you know, they're going full speed, and and then they have to stop, and then they stop, and they just kind of do that. They bow up their chest as they stop. And they get as close to the guys as uh, they can. Without, without getting, touching without them. Without getting a penalty. That's it. Uh, it's like when you're driving in your car and your, your little brother is, is going, I'm not touching you. And he's putting his fingers. I, wouldn't, I didn't have a little brother. Okay. I was the little brother. I see. To a uh, sister I liked to annoy. Okay. I think that's the usual dynamic. I, I think it is, too. Um. So, D. Delaney's played well. Uh, we could talk about Ryan Suckup, but we have a fan question about mm-hmm. that, so let's okay. table that for right. now. K.J. Britt is playing well on special teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coke Keeft is, is playing a lot of special teams. Man. 
K-Dot can he, was. Can, with, can he block or what? He can block. Can he blow people up? Unreal. Yes. The answer to your question is yes. Yes. <clears throat> and that's You're talking why, on offense in that regard, though. Yeah, but also he's he's making big stops. When he's he's when a he's, fun player. Yeah. Well, that's how you make it. What else did you think about that game, Jeff? <sighs> what else did I think about that game? Um, the running game struggled. Yeah, but I think that was because of our offensive line struggled a little bit, I thought. Yeah, Coach Bulls wanted to make a point on Monday of saying he wasn't blaming this on the offensive line. It was – and the young guys in particular. It's more of a full team thing. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't working as well. And the Buccaneers, like in recent years, even though the running game hasn't been great, what they prefer to do is what's called duo uh-huh. running, where you get several double teams uh, and then so, and then the, the back picks the seam that develops, assuming one does. Mm-hmm. We have not been able to do as much of that. Um, and so they've done some other things like counter runs and so on. And um, this is the kind of stuff that Bree's very good about talking about. I wish she was here. But uh, they've had to. You saw even a, a sort of like a counter off of a handoff in the shotgun right. at one point. Nothing was really working, and so basically he had to give up on it. And after a really nice start for the the running game in Dallas, have only been able to generate about two and a half yards per run in the two games since. Mm-hmm. Now, in the, in the New Orleans game, I don't know exactly what he was supposed to do, but whatever he was supposed to do, he did, did it, it because <laughs> Byron Leftwood was very – happy with Leonard yeah. Fournette's performance yes. in that game, even though the Bucks ended up with like 72 rushing yards, something like that. So sometimes it's not about piling up 150 yards. It's getting a couple big yards when you need it or keeps, you know, keeping the defense on his toes and yeah. keeping the uh, play we, action. We couldn't get to that. We couldn't get a third down if we were buying them. Yeah. Because we were at two and nine or something like two that. Two of 11 in that two game. Two of 11, okay. So. We're ranked about like 27th or 28th yeah. in the league in that regard. Yeah, that that's a hard go when you can't get first downs. Yeah, and, that's, right. and, and last year, the Buccaneers converted third downs at something like 47.6%, mm-hmm. which was a team record, the best we've ever done, and was second in the league only to Kansas City. Uh, and so to see that fall and be about half as good this year is concerning. Very. But again, no Donovan Smith. No. No Mike Evans. Right. No Chris Godwin. No Rob Gronkowski, by the way. No... Uh, no Julio Jones, no Ali Marpet, yeah. no Ryan Jensen, mm-hmm. no Alex Kappa. A lot of changes and a lot of missing pieces, and some of those guys are going to be back soon. And it takes a little bit of time to gel, so we'll have to wait and see. If you remember 2020, no preseason because of COVID, Tom Brady's first game is a real actual game in yeah. New Orleans, and it wasn't really well, pretty. No, it wasn't, no. And it took a little while for that offense to become cohesive. In fact, they didn't think they really turned the corner until the second half of the Kansas City game in Week 12. Yeah, I was going to say. It was like in November, almost December when, when – I mean, there were some good days. Like, sure. I, what was that Charger score, like 48-42 or yeah. something? There were some but, but, some big numbers, but they weren't consistently the way they wanted to be until November. Yeah, and you're 2-1. and one. Now, you would have preferred to be 3-0. and oh. Who wouldn't, right? And But – out of when the season came, when the schedule came out and it first started, winning those first three games would have been a tall order. They were almost there, and that's the good news. I think if you win this Kansas City game, which won't be easy, no, um, and you're three and one, you feel fantastic about coming out of that rugged first four. Right, and, and Kansas and Kansas City's reeling from their loss against to, yeah the, to the Colts. Yeah, uh, but I will tell you this: 
Kansas City traded Tyreek Hill mm-hmm. and kind of brought in a host, of, like a committee of receivers uh-huh. to try to replace him because yeah. you really can't replace him one for one. All right. Well, Tyreek Hill has been tearing it up for the three and O Dolphins, oh, which is yeah. great for them. Yep. But Kansas City's not having any problems on offense. Patrick Mahomes is playing phenomenally. Yeah, and he's yelling at his receivers for not keep going fast, keep <laughs> playing the play. And they are scoring. That's not good. They are scoring 29.3 points per game, which is actually more than they scored last year I, and more than they scored in their Super Bowl season. I think it's always funny when when a player gets agitated with other players or there's conversations, you know, um, maybe not at the player but at a play not being executed properly and people make a big deal out of it you know like tom brady getting upset throwing his um surface that type of thing but it's the competitive spirit seems like great advertising for microsoft Surface. well some well well after watching the uh the the clip of the buffalo bills offensive coordinator yeah destroying um, Whatever was in front of him. Yeah, I don't know what it was. But I thought it was funny when you see that if someone puts their hand over the camera, a little too late for that. Well, yeah, but it helped a little bit at least. Yeah, and that's that's the thing anymore for for everyone now. Everything's – there's a camera everywhere. Right. So so even if you do something on the sideline, you think yeah. everybody's looking at you. It's – yeah. Speaking of – oh, well, go ahead. No, go ahead. What did you think of Aaron Rodgers making a comment about that he saw something on – the jumbotron it could be a little bit of um gamesmanship i think it's total gamesmanship i really do i i did watch the last three minutes of what was on the video boards and i it there was nothing there so i don't know if he saw something earlier in the game perhaps where everyone's thinking it was the two-point conversion i don't know i didn't make much of it no but social media did so you have to pay attention of course to that's that, what Scott. social media does i know but everything is <laughs> becomes something big what do you got? Well, you made me forget. I know. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm just in one of those. What, what were we talking? We were talking about the offense, right? Yeah. We were talking about special teams, and then we were talking about the offense, the offensive line. It's going to get better. People. All right. It's going See, to get I just better. So, so you know I'm listening. Mike Evans is coming back this week. Julio Jones might be back this week. Chris Godwin will be back before too long. Donovan Smith could be back this week. He's never missed two games in a row before. No. I didn't think he was going to miss this game. I mean, he did practice that one day, but then – Thursday. And yeah. I think that's the problem. It didn't go real well. Uh-huh. Like, there was still a lot of pain. Yeah. And so, you, you'll notice he didn't practice on Friday. Yeah, and you, all, you almost have to – you know, if they're not ready, the better off to wait another week than to put him in and then put you back a few more weeks. It doesn't make sense if he's not ready. Right. And that's obviously the decision that was made. So, good. Big, big lull here, Jeff. Well, I don't know where you're headed next. We talked about the rain bang. Yeah. You know, um, we just briefly touched on Russell Gage, but this is the kind of thing the Bucks were looking for. Sure. He made some plays out of the slot. He made some plays where he got a little extra yards after the catch. Um, and then, of course, he made the great catch in the end zone. I think he had five catches on that touchdown drive. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and we needed somebody to pick up the volume with all those guys out. Right. So I know. You were going with Cole Beasley played in that game. I was just going to say. He played, I think, nine snaps, maybe 12. Had a couple good catches. Three games, three days, three practices after signing with the team. Right. He made the first really big, important catch of the game on that fourth and one speed out, Mm -hmm. which I loved seeing because it was third and one. We tried to run again. Once again, it didn't work. But I think they called that play knowing they would go for it on fourth down. I think we were at about the Green Bay 45 or something like that. 
And I love the call. I'm like, that's just the simple kind of, if it's run right and thrown right, it's going to it's going to work. Right. It's going to get you a couple yards and you only need one. Yeah, I mean, you have to really think about it. He hasn't played, hasn't done anything and then but you could trust Cole Beasley with his experience to run the route he's supposed to run and to run it well. Yeah. Right? That that was that quick, was the whole that was that was the philosophy behind bringing him in. Yeah, he just had to quickly lose his guy, get just that quick separation and Tom puts it Kind of on the money, although it was mm-hmm. a little out in front of him. He had to make a really But he nice still catch. made a great catch on yeah. it. Yeah, so that you know, impressive. you know, he's got great hands. Speaking of plays that didn't work, um, would that be considered an official uh, reverse? It would have been a reverse had it. Had I know it you. I know. I know you. Right. I know that there's this bugs me. Yes. Yes. And so I'm clarifying it before I You're go. You're talking there. about the play where there's a mishandled pitch between Brett Perryman, Brett, Brett Perryman, yeah. Rashad Perryman, um, son of Brett Perryman former Buccaneer Correct. killer. Um, he gets the ball to s- t- and starts running around the left. Had he kept the ball, that would have been end around. Okay. Not a reverse. Right. But he but then- he tried to give it to Scotty Miller, Correct. which would have made it a reverse. Right. Now, my question was, we noticed that Tom Brady had moved back some, so we didn't know whether had Scotty held the ball, was he going to flip it back to Tom? Oh, wow. I wonder if that's what it was going to be. It and and so kind of during, an elaborate flea flicker. Wh- it, yes, that's kind of what we when 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 it happened. That's kind of how we looked at it. As was that a possibility? Never got a chance. To what ask were the Co- did? You may not remember, but could you, do you remember what the linemen were doing? Because if they were starting to run to the right, I, then yeah. it probably was going to be an end or a reverse. Right. I, but I, if they were holding their spots. Yeah, I don't they, remember. I don't remember. Or did you see if there was any receivers that ran really deep on that play? No, because I was watched going, what are they doing? I you love know? flea flickers. I do too, except when they don't work. I think they should always work as long as you don't rely solely on getting that deep pass because they figure yeah. it out. You're supposed to, The safety's supposed to bite up and you, mm-hmm. the receiver runs right past them and is wide open. Not every time does that work, but if you run another route, like an intermediate route, like a deep out uh-huh. to Cam Braid or somebody, and he's Cam, probably going to be open. Speaking of Cam, Cam has some good catches. Yeah. In in last week's game, he got some targets. He had some targets. Right. Five catches, I think. Moved you know, the chains a little bit. Got a got a pass interference call. Ah. Remember yeah. when they were marching down? That was big. That was huge. So. You know, there are pieces there. There are pieces missing, and um, I just think I I just think because of the way that game played out, it was disappointing to lose. But then, if you're the Green Bay Packers, you're going, hey, those are the games you got to win, and, yeah. and they did. Cam Braid also fell on the, that loose ball after Rashad mm-hmm. and yeah. Scotty couldn't yeah. quite hook up, yeah. Yeah. which is good that you're being you know he's being aware, right? Being very aware. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Johnny, that. On the, Johnny on the spot. <laughs> I. You know, I feel so bad for Scotty Miller because he's really a good guy, and I don't know. You know, I you know his hands for whatever reason. You know, he, we're going to talk about him a little bit more too okay. in the questions. Oh, oh okay. Section, well, so. then we'll hold. Then I'll stop, and I will stop. We could talk a little bit of, since that game really isn't a gold mine of things to talk about, mm-hmm. especially not positive things to talk about. We can talk a little bit more about stuff that's going on around the league. Sure. For instance, I'm sure you noticed that the league has now changed the Pro Bowl to the Pro Bowl games. Not happy. Which is the game itself will be flag football, yeah. and then there'll be skills positions. Why aren't you happy? Why are you unhappy about this? Well, because I used to remember when the Pro Bowl was really a game. But it's not anymore, so who no. cares? Right. But I also think that if they would have kept it in Hawaii, guys would have been a little more. But they still had know. stopped actually playing hard yeah. attack. So why even bother doing anything? I mean, flag football makes – no, I, I agree with why you. Bother, why bother with a flag Just football game? Just name the team. Just name the team. You get the honor. 
I'll tell you. Give why, them Jeff. a free trip. You with want the to family. know why? You know why? Sure, it's you a TV. Exactly. It's a TV People program. People still watch it. Yeah. All you ever hear is complaints about the Pro Bowl. Well, it still gets decent viewership. Well, and it's also going to be produced through Peyton Manning's company. And those skills, those skills challenges. People will watch those. Yeah, those are okay. I give you that. But they used to do skill challenges before the game. The NFL uh, wants to be the center of attention at all times if well, possible. So they are. They do an excellent job. The Pro Bowl is. Is on a weekend where they're not playing. I guess I'm being the guy. Get off my lawn. I just, I just remember. If the they're going to play a game, I don't think fl- the only thing I don't like about them playing flag football is that there are all these, you know, hard bro fans out yeah. there who like always talk about the wussification of the game, which is right. ridiculous. By right. the way, You're right. these guys are freaking warriors out yes. there and battling through injuries. Right. Uh, but if. But they, what is this going to be flag football? This is turning into flag football. Well, I mean, be quiet, man. But you know what's funny is that if you if you're not going to tackle and you're not you know there's yeah. no blitzing or whatever, you might as well you, because you're probably going to see a more competitive game. You have to try hard. To, sure. Now, if you're playing an actual flag football yeah. game, all the guys in the game are going to be trying hard. Yeah, because now you know you're not going to get tackled. You know, you know. Well, yeah, hopefully, I, I mean, not, and but. pulling a flag doesn't probably. I mean, you can jam a finger. Yeah. But it it probably doesn't. Uh, result in injuries where that's why they don't tackle the Pro Bowl because they don't want anybody to get hurt. See, now you got me excited about seeing this. So I, what I think could be interesting about it is there could be some – these guys are amazing athletes, yeah. right? Some of them might, though, find out they're not very good at flag football. <laughs> I have played flag – well, I don't anymore as of a few years ago. But I've played flag football for like 30 years of my life. And it takes a little while to be good at, at pulling flags. Were you good? Well, I don't want to brag. <laughs> My team's won. As good as you're driving? My team's won a lot. I was usually the center on offense because everybody's eligible, uh-huh. and I could snap. And, uh-huh. and generally, the people covering that you end up being covered by in the middle aren't as good as the guys covering the speedy guys on the outside. Uh-huh. So the matchups were better. And I, I played with the same quarterback for a long time, so oh. we had a lot of Can, yeah. he, continuity. I wouldn't even necessarily have a role on a certain play, but when he'd get up to the line, he'd whisper in my ear what I should uh-huh. do. So um, what I'm saying, though, is that Pulling flags, like I also coached youth flag football for uh-huh. my kids, my kid and his friends for like ten years. Right. And the very first thing we learned when we started with them when they were like five and six years old was that they couldn't pull flags. Yeah. Could not. We played in our first game. We did not successfully pull a flag the entire game. I, so every handoff went to distance for the touchdown against us. Do you remember when we were in Orlando when they did training camp and we used to have? Were you involved in the flag football games? I played in a couple of them up there. It yeah. was the the, the um, staff members against the interns. I didn't remember that. That's what the division was. Yeah. But I remember playing. Yeah, I, that was the last time I played flag football. So that was what 10 I played years until ago. a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, and it's a fun game. It's, it is. And and I okay. So this tweet. See now you got me excited. Now that now that I, you know at first I was kind of like poo pooing it, but now that I'm thinking about it. You know, it could be – it really could be very uh, I'm saying exciting. give it, give yeah, it a chance. Yeah, give, because, because – There's going to be these people who are going to be – the ones I was talking about who complained about the NFL team, uh-huh. they're not going to like it, and the flag football is going to going to set them right. off. Just those words. Well, the fact that – you know, I remember when guys used to – well, the way the Pro Bowl used to work is they would play, and then when they would get to the fourth quarter, they would play harder because the winning team got more, more money. money. And um, – but now that – things have changed um rethinking all of this yes i think you're right so here's the the other thing i find interesting about this i'll admit is that i want to see what the specific rules are yeah is it going to be 11 on 11 it looks like it's not oh most flag football adult flag football is seven on seven this quote from uh reporter tom pelicero this tweet the pro bowl has been replaced by the pro bowl games but i'm told full rosters 
44 per conference will still be selected through fan and player voting. So no, so no impact on incentives, et cetera. Okay. Details still to come on f- format of the flag football ah. games, which won't be 11 on 11. So if his information is accurate, it's most likely like seven on seven. Yeah. Which is a bit of a bummer because yeah. in flag football, everybody's generally everybody's eligible to catch. Right. Not like real football. And so you would have had some opportunities for some big man catches yeah. in that game. I love when big man catches. That would have been catch. fun, right? I love big man catches. But apparently that's not the case. And I also therefore take a little bit of issue with the um what this what Tom Pelissero is uh, saying in this tweet in that no impact on incentives, right? Right. For the most part, but I think there could be some guys who would have been in the Pro Bowl previously who weren't because previously, if you didn't make the Pro Bowl or an alternate and the guy in front of you couldn't go because of injury or he was still in the playoffs, then somebody else would make the Pro Bowl. So it ended up not being 44 people who made the Pro Bowl. It ended up being more like 55 to 60 players. And I didn't love that. I won't be. I'll be honest with you. But there probably are going to be fewer guys because if the linemen, for instance, aren't playing in the game and then one can't make it, there's no need to replace him. You don't have to replace him. Mm-hmm. So there will be some guys, some alternates who would have made it who won't. Yeah, and, and you know, when you think about the, the Pro Bowl or an all-star game, honestly, I think that, um, you know, football is the hardest one to do because it's such a physical game. Yeah. Compared I mean, to baseball. Baseball, you can play it normal. Sure. Hockey – it's a little bit. They yeah, pull they, up a little bit, they, right? they, Yeah, they pull up a little. No boarding, so you're not. You're not. It's not as physical game. Basketball's pretty close, pretty but close. they don't try too hard on defense. Right. So the scores are always like 180 to 170. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's the toughest one to replicate, and you sure. really can't. And no. that's the problem now. Yeah. Or you can, but players and coaches aren't willing to do so anymore. No, and, and then I all, understand why. And a lot of times, uh, well, there used to be the Pro Bowl was after the Super Bowl. Now it's in between the week of the team. Yeah. So if you're on the Super Bowl teams, you're not in. probably even the, the conference championship games. Those Do those guys pull out? Some of them do. Yeah, some of them do, depending on, on how you feel. So, so yeah. So, anyway. Uh, and it's going to be in Vegas, so that's going to add a whole new twist to I'm it. I'm just interested to see how these rules actually come out. Can, yeah. Will you be allowed to do double throws? Uh, you, you know, will Will everybody be eligible? Can mm-hmm. you block at all? Because yeah. in some flag football leagues, um, in a lot of them, you you can't block. So there's you don't keep linemen. You have a center, but you don't keep linemen. But in my college, and also where my son's playing at Georgia Tech now, uh-huh. you have three-man lines, and they're allowed to block by putting their hands behind their back and just getting in the way. Oh, okay. Uh, but they are also eligible. So you sure. can start that and then go out for a pass. Um, so I'm sharing with them a lot of my secrets, I know you really know playbook. you know a lot of this. I know a lot about flag football and, I, and constructing defenses for I, it. I will say this: if uh, the Manning brothers are doing the play-by-play, it'll it will be fun. It'll be fun. I yes. still have not watched one of those Manning casts. It, it, but I only hear good things. It is really, it's funny because it's certainly a guy thing, you know, because of the, the just. It's it's like two guys just talking at you know. Well, it's having usually a beer. three, don't they? Usually have a guest. Yeah, they have a guest, but but it's it but it's it's fun because it's two brothers picking on each other too. So you have to appreciate that. So I think that will go a long way if if they're involved in that aspect. So uh, a little bit more from around the league. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna read you and and you'll understand eventually why. I'm okay. gonna read you um, some stats from one of the games. All right, and you tell me which team you think won the game. Okay. Or, okay. Team I already, A, I already know which, who it is. Team A had 31 first downs, mm-hmm. 497 yards of offense, yep. including 400 gross passing yards. Yep. Converted 11 of 18 
third downs and and ran ninety offensive plays. Yeah, like, 50, like they they ran like fifty four more offensive team plays B, than the other team. I'm trying to do a bit here, Jeff. Oh, sorry. Team B had fifteen first downs, two hundred twelve total yards. 186 gross passing yards, converted three of eight third downs, and ran 39 offensive plays. And who won that game? I would say the Indianapolis Colts. No, you got the wrong game, but Oh, which one? This is the Buffalo-Miami game. Oh, So you're not okay. as smart as you thought you were there. All right. Well, I, I get Maybe you confused. should stop interrupting people. Well, maybe you should just move along faster. I, I think I'm already talking pretty fast. I have to slow myself down most That's of the time. That's the game where the, uh, where the uh, butt uh, punt. Worked. Yeah, the butt punt. Yeah. Um, apparently I that guy's was one embracing of, it. I knew it was one or the other. I couldn't. Re- Trent Sherfield, I think, is it was a receiver. Yeah, I couldn't decide which what game it was, but yes. The but g- you know what? You know what that means? There's only one stat that matters. Wins. No points. scoreboard points. Yeah, but it's hard to imagine how those stats translated into that score. How did that happen? I don't know. <laughs> when you, yeah, I don't. I'll admit, I haven't. This I haven't, is this is a case where stats lie. They do. They're lying their butts off yeah. on this one. They're trying to. Really oh, I see what you did something. there. Lying their butts yes. off. Oh, very. Clever. I think that guy Trent Sherfield has sort of a, uh, uh, embraced it, uh-huh. so it's not going to be like a Mark Sanchez situation where it fouls him around negatively for the rest of his yeah, life. Yeah, I, I, I'm surprised he didn't just drop. I haven't actually seen the replay. I just heard he got punted right into his backside. Into his butt. I mean, the ball goes. I mean, you know how hard they kick, yeah, right? Yeah. You know how hard that ball yeah, is. I think that would hurt quite a bit. And he didn't flinch. Really? He moved a little forward, but it wasn't like, you know. If I mean, it, I think it would. That's it would like, have been us. We would have been on the ground. You got majorly goosed right there. I think you'd have left <laughs> forward a little bit. So so the Dolphins are 3-0. and Yeah. And the, the Tyreek Hill thing is working. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. Uh-huh. Tua's, Tua Tungavailoa, Tungavailoa is. Um, I'm glad you said that. You know, it's amazing when you work in the league for a while and you write that you end up just knowing how to spell crazy names. Like uh-huh. I can spell, t- it, it's not even an in in it. <laughs> There's not even an in in it, but you say tongue of uh, The exception for that to me is I always have to look up how to spell Jimmy Garoppolo's last name. <laughs> wow. It is so weird because you expect there to be more A's and fewer P's. And it's like G A. I think it might be G A R O P P O L O. I think that's it, but I would have to look it up to be sure. Yeah, and then he had a faux pas by stepping out of the end a zone. A faux pas. A faux pas. Yes, making <laughs> – thereby making uh, – just funny because there is something else called a faux pas. But what is a faux pas? I'm not going to talk about it right here. Oh, I'll tell okay. you afterwards. No. Um, it's a it secret. It's ribald. Oh. It's, it's blue. Oh. Okay, so anyway. Maybe that's why I was thinking. <laughs> um, who did he make really happy when he did that, Jimmy Garoppolo? Oh, is it Dan, Dan Orlowski? Dan Orlowski. Yeah. He played here. He did. He well, did. okay. He was here. He was in the locker room. He was room. here. It wasn't here that he stepped, famously Detroit stepped up. Lions. Yeah, stepped on the back line, didn't realize it got a safety. Now Jimmy's done it, too. Yeah. It was a great he, he tweet. He tweeted, like, freedom. <laughs> yeah, that that was, pretty that was pretty funny, yeah. I'll give him props Unfortunately, I don't think people are going to forget him now. Because they're, they're, everybody's like, oh, he just did what Dan Orlovsky did. But what's funny is it actually worked out for the 49ers doing it because it was a safety. Oh, they, and they it, lost. But it still set it up. I was reading where it was as bad as it looked, it was at actually. Sometimes there out. are situations where you purposely take it, a safety. Yeah. But given the fact that they that's a two-point play and they lost by one point, I don't know if you can really say it worked out. Well, there you go. There's that too, right? Uh, 
Anyway, they, I, I was digressing. digressing. Uh-huh. Uh, it was my fault. Mm-hmm. In fact, I've got oh, Garoppolo's good. name written down here, and it's wrong. Oh, okay. I didn't even spell it right in my notes to talk about spelling it right. Wow. <laughs> but is Florida taking over the NFL? Sure looks that Their way. Their three teams are combined I, seven and two. How about Jacksonville lighting up uh, the Chargers? And the Chargers are a good football team. And I, I, know, I know their quarterback is hurt and, you know, ribs. You know, they have a pretty good defense, and the Jags lit them up. That was the single most surprising result to me. And maybe it shouldn't have been because we knew Herbert was, was beaten up. Yeah, but still, I mean, that many points, though. I thought it would be a, you know. I think we're seeing a little bit of a coming out party for Trevor Lawrence. Good for him. And everybody, rightfully probably, made fun of the Jaguars for giving Christian Kirk, the Arizona receiver, so that much money. My boy. When it didn't seem like he was that caliber of player. But regardless if they overpaid for him or not, and in the process really messed up the market so now that all these receivers yeah. are getting huge deals, I mean, they, I guess it's not messed up if you're a receiver. You're like, they corrected right. the market. You say thank you. But I'm sure teams aren't thrilled about it. But they, he is good, and they are better with him. Mm-hmm. And he's off to a really nice start. Christian well, I Kirk. think the change at head coach made a big, big difference they, they, too. There probably, there probably isn't one single – transition of one person to another that has made more difference in the NFL players, coaches, whatever, Mm -hmm. than going from Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson. Yeah. And I guess he's, they, from my understanding, he's a really great teacher Mm -hmm. and that's, Kind of he's helping also, along. He's also pretty innovative and, and flexible on won offense. A super, and he won a Super Bowl. He's, he's, uh, I think he understands modern analytics and yeah. knows when to go for it. Yeah. I thought he was a good coach in, in Philly. So and I. things are working out in Philly, too. Sure. So that's fine. But uh, he definitely deserved a second shot, and I think we're seeing how much of a difference he's yeah. making there. But I think you're right. I think Florida's the new uh, – Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's getting 3-0, 2-1, 2-1. Yeah. I mean, who, who saw this coming from the Jaguars? But. No. No, even the Dolphins. I mean, being three and zero, that's that's pretty impressive. You know what? I oh, I wrote this down what? because I was typing. I have to end up typing the words franchise history and team history uh-huh. a ton because I'll do, be doing a story on. I do a data crunch story every Monday on the previous game. Sure. Lots of times it'll be um, Russell Gage had the third most catches in the game in franchise history, and I have to say franchise history. So I'm typing along. I try to type in the sentence. And I mess up, and I squirt, I squish this, the um, <laughs> the two words together, so it says French history. Ah, and now I like it. I do I, French history. French I think history. I made up. That's a portman portmanteau. I kind of like that. When you put two words together, uh-huh. you squish them together and make a new word. Is that it? I think it's called a portmanteau. Hmm. I would not know that. Uh, maybe I'm close with that word. I know Catmandu, but I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that out there. Helping you, Portmanteau, yeah. Portmanteau, is P O R T M A N T E A U, and that's what it is. Like huh? a podcast is is a portmanteau. Ah. so it, it combines whatever. Well, I don't know what pod is coming from, but mm. along with broadcast. Oh, oh, you're thrilled by this, I can tell. I am. Anyway, French history. I would start using it in my stories, but I don't think people would know what I'm talking about. I think about. if you use it, it eventually catches on because people will go, I don't understand this. And then and, it's, and then you explain during your mailbag and then on a salty dogs <laughs> what it means. And people go, and then it becomes like a secret code word that unless you're a Buccaneer fan, you really don't what know what it mean? means. That's the most catches in French history? What, what does that mean? Yeah. Come on. Okay, I'm going to try to make it. A I thing. think we should. I'm going to try. I have not succeeded in making my Borg nickname for Deidre. No, that was thing. lame. That was soft. Lame. Yeah, that is like, yeah, that ain't going to. Uh, well, that's just because you don't know 
um, me, Star Trek. Me and everyone else out well, there. Well, there's some Star Trek people out there. There's some. Yeah, there was this small group. Actually, you know, one time I was uh, I was at a, a corporate meeting, and one of our um, our events was the uh, Star Trek uh, museum in Vegas. Which there's is a Star really, Trek museum. Yeah, it's really pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I wonder because my thing is I like I'm not really into. I'm the not original. into it, but it was it was interesting. The the I wasn't into the original, but the. Um, Next movies. generation was yeah. was perfect timing for me, and I watched. I was into that when it was on. Yeah, and the movies are great. I like the new movies mm. with Chris Pine. I think those are generally pretty good. Well, one day I may watch those on the airplane. I would recommend it. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> I saw a player have a line, a stat line, uh-huh. uh, and it's a it's on the team we're going to play okay. this week that made me think of Dare Ogumbawale. Ah, Dare. Uh, because Clyde Edwards-Hilaire of the Kansas City Chiefs finished that game. Negative yards. In Indianapolis. No, zero yards. With zero rushing yards, but a rushing touchdown. Yeah. Seems to be a <laughs> difficult thing to do if you have not moved the ball forward. Very. But somehow you got it in the end zone. Well, you get it in the end zone and then you, you lose. lose. Yeah, he yeah. had seven carries for no yards. I remember there was a time when Dare had scored for us, but he and he, he rarely got the ball. Uh-huh. And I think there was a time in his career where he had zero rushing yards for us, but had a touch, a rushing touchdown. So I call that the Dario Gumba Wale. Ah. Will and that the, catch on? Um, no. Boy, but all you, I want in life is to come you up have, with a nickname. But or here's a here's the thing: new word. If you don't keep trying, it'll never happen. You, you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. I, someone which, said that to me at lunch when they I missed did. the trash can. I said I was going to make it without looking. <laughs> And I missed. And we all said, perhaps you should look. Perhaps you should have looked. Probably still would have missed. I don't think I've ever been very great at trash can basketball. You know. I don't think I've ever been very great at regular basketball. Uh-oh. I, you know what? That is one sport I never got into. It's a lot. As a kid. I don't know if it's because I'm not that tall. You know, I'm only 5'10". That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. But it just, I, just basketball, maybe because when I was in grade school, I was pretty athletic. And I didn't make the basketball team, so I was like, I don't need that. I'll go back and play hockey. I didn't – it's a good sport for when you just want to – when you got some buddies with you and you just want to go do something. Yeah. It's harder to organize like a football or a yeah. baseball game. But uh, if you had a hoop somewhere in your neighborhood or in somebody's driveway – yeah. Um, play horse. Yeah, and you could do it with just two or three yeah. people. You could okay. play horse or you could play cutthroat. Yeah. We'd do that. Um, yeah. So bas- I think basketball is particularly good when you're in your – Teens, twenties, and thirties, and you're still in good shape. I yeah. mean, I know obviously lots of people continue being in shape sure. past that, uh, but you know, I think more a larger percentage of us are in sports playing shape in our twenties and thirties. I would think so. And uh, so you get out there; it's 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 a good time. It's a good workout too. Uh-huh. I used to play after work every day when I first got here with the Buccaneers because uh-huh. we had a free membership to the Y. Oh, so I would just leave work and, and go straight there. Get pickup games. Look at you. Yeah, it was fun. Why, why are we talking about basketball now? I, I don't know. You started, said, totally. you, you started saying about basketball, and I interrupted you saying, I just never liked that sport. Oh, man. Geez. I am sorry. I think we need somebody. I think we need a third person in this podcast to like, Referee. keep track of what we're talking about. <laughs> so when we get off like well, this, we can get You know back. what's happening. People are listening. Well, we were talking about Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah. People are, people are listening to this yelling. What we said. That's, but, Sorry, folks. And that it's gone now. And you know what that is? That's a good listen because we, if we can get you to talk to the podcast, yeah, that's awesome. 
Well, it's gone now. All right. Um, so, next week, Minnesota is playing at New Orleans. Is it possible that we well, would... that Minnesota and New Orleans, that means they're in London. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. So, Minnesota and New Orleans are playing somewhere on the globe. Yeah. Should we be rooting for the Saints in that game? I don't want to say that too loud. Why would we want? Why would well, we? Well, the want... Saints are one and two and kind of floundering. I hate to tell you this, but any I I, I root for any team that's playing the Saints. I I'm not saying I can physically, yeah. or emotionally no. root for the Saints, but logically, should be we be rooting for the Saints? I no. You want to be rooting logically? Logically, Vikings. You don't want the Saints at all close to getting the division. But the the Vikings look like more likely to be a playoff so combatant. Well, we'll just have to face them. But I guess as long as we stay ahead of the Saints, then you are in the. Well, no, because the Vikings could beat out the Packers. Uh huh. And then so that's you know maybe we don't want that. Right. I I no I I I I I want the number one seed, Jeff. I go against any team playing. I go for the team. Whoever is playing an NFC South team. What if they're two teams playing each other, like Carolina and New Orleans? Then I have to think about it where, like this week, I was glad for Carolina. Because sure. that might be the only game they win. Oof. Ooh, I know. Wow. That was harsh, wasn't That's it? That's bulletin board material. I, I hope just, they don't hear this. Oh, my. I doubt they will. <sighs> I don't think they're going 1-16. No. It's they they still hard. have Christian McCaffrey. They've sure. Got, they've got a couple really nice Baker Mayfield players. had a pretty decent game. Um. You got some really nice players on defense. Mm-hmm. Their offensive line is better than it has been, which isn't saying much because it's been bad. Yeah. The question is, is Matt Rule gonna still be there after this? Year? Well, that I. Not if your just recent prediction. Comes remember true. what I said before, though. I didn't think he was going to make it. I just think I was a little bit worried about the Saints coming in the season, and they may turn it around. But mm-hmm. I don't think they look great right now. Well, they're still struggling, and the one thing where they're struggling is when they get behind and they're trying to force the ball. What happens? And this is what happened. Yeah. In, in It happened against us, and then it happened again uh, against the Panthers. Jameis threw a couple picks, did and he? it changed everything. I know they scored, fumbled one. And, I know they yeah. scored the first touchdown Carolina did on a fumble return mm-hmm. early in the game. Yeah, so there, there's that Achilles heel. Do you remember last week when uh, you probably tuned out a little bit, but I started talking about Chris Olave? The Saints receiver and uh-huh. yeah. his fantasy football potential. Yes, you did. You said that you should be playing him. Because he had like 330 air yards. That's, uh-huh. He was targeted on passes that added up to – and we saw that the whole he game. He didn't they score were points, but he was he – was, But he showed yeah. that he was the big play guy in that offense, and Jameis wants to I, get him the ball. I do, I do understand that part about fantasy football. Well, Your guy a, doesn't have to score. He, you can get points by him – Getting yards. Well, especially if you're in a PPR league, if you get a point for every catch as ah. well. So, um, see, I didn't know that. Yeah, see, I know you did. PPR. Know that. What is that? Points per reception. Yeah, a point per reception. Oh, okay. So, here's how. I know you want me to talk about this uh, fantasy football. Fantasy football evolved. Uh, yeah, let me check my phone. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, um, it was originally for backs and receivers. You got points for yards and touchdowns. Okay. Um, like a point for every ten yards, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. You're, I can tell how I find into this, this you are. Very fascinating. In order through the years, in order to make receivers and tight ends a little more important, because before it was all about the running backs. Do tell. They started adding the PPR option, which most leagues do now. So if you catch eight passes for fifty yards, that's thirteen points, a point for every catch, oh. and a point for every ten yards. So now receivers are more important. 
And then it's re- it's another reason to root for another position. In recent years, some leagues and some people and some fantasy fanatics have started to feel like PPR is too much. Oh. And we have made those players a little too important. So a lot of what you'd call the experts mm. are now playing and pushing people to play half PPR. Ah. So eight catches for 50 yards would be nine points. So they're basically changing the rules because you're winning more than you way. Can, no, it's, they just don't like how the game how it, how it the game goes because you can win either way as long as you play to the rules. I know, but why would you cut the points in half? It's. I think the goal in um, fantasy Sounds football like- and people constructing how to play it is to try to make it so that the positions are relatively equally important. It sounds like to me someone lost a lot and they're trying to change it. I don't. Up. Think I that's think the case that's at what all. it is. I don't think that's the case. I at believe. But, but what would I know? It's not like I play a lot of fantasy football oh. in, in three <laughs> leagues and you don't play in any at all and don't even like and it. And there's a reason why. I know. I know. But it is. We all know you you're disdain. Can I tell you though? It is fascinating to me that the shows like every now and then I will have a fantasy show on because it'll pop up on whatever channel I'm and watching. You don't you immediately know. turn it off. I don't because I find it interesting how uh, involved and uh, how much thought they are giving to something that's not real. It's amazing. Well, this doesn't apply much to me, but most people playing fantasy football are playing for money. Well, and sometimes that. it's a decent amount of money. So it's sure. pretty dang real. To okay. Them. So then it becomes real. Yeah. Okay. Slowly roll. Fair enough. So Chris Olave had nine catches for 147 yards in that game. Wow. Told you. How many points? That would be, if you're playing full PPR, that would be 23.7 points. Okay. Or, tw- or 11 and, was, and a half if you were. No, it would be, if you're, playing half, if you're playing half PPR, then it would be like five, it would be about 20. Huh. Um, and he was probably projected to get about 11 or 12 points. So do you have a pick this week in case someone. Uh, Ooh, sh- you want me if, to do that every week? Well, yes. I mean, we can add to it because now someone, you know, might go, Wow. Scott Smith, he really got that. I should have gone with that. I could have won. Well, I'll tell you this. And here's the good news. If you pick someone and they don't do well, then they can go, wow, Scott Smith really sucks. I should not have played that. It's never their fault. You're a hero. <laughs> well, my most recent attempt to make a bit of fantasy advice didn't go very well because uh-huh. it was doing the pregame show on Sunday with Casey. Uh-huh. And we were doing a two-minute drill where she was firing rapid-fire questions at uh, me. Yep. And one of them was, Who's the best bet in fantasy football in Ooh. this game? And I chose Leonard Fournette. Uh, yeah, that didn't go well. No. But you were on the spot, and you had to go with your gut. He was getting a high volume of carries and, and some targets as well, and he just hadn't been a great fantasy scorer yet because he hadn't scored any touchdowns yet. Yeah, I'd and he hasn't had problems scoring touchdowns. But you know what? I would play Leonard Fournette today or this week if I if I against the, yes. the Chiefs. Yes, if I if I was in a fantasy football league, I would go with Leonard Fournette. The Chiefs are allowing eighty only eighty six point seven. No, mm-hmm. that's what they're gaining. I'm sorry. Right. Uh, they've had three games. Yep. And they've given up two hundred sixty yards, which is about mm-hmm. ninety per game. Yep. A little less than ninety, and they're only allowing three point six yards per carry, and they've only allowed one mm-hmm. rushing touchdown. Their passing defense has been more susceptible. Yeah, but I would go with Leonard Fournette. Just for it's a gut thing. It's a gut thing. You well, going right. with yours? I'm going with mine. Okay, I'm going to go with Mike Evans. All right, he's back. Wow, he's that would rested. Be huge. I mean, we yeah. didn't want the suspension, but it gave him a little time to rest. Sure. Uh, and yeah. mm-hmm. the Chiefs' defense is allowing. Let's see. Do I have the rankings here? I had them. I lost them. In any case, I think they've been a little more susceptible to that, the pass. That, that's they've gonna, already allowed seven 
touchdown passes. Yeah, I think that's that, there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of revenge factor in this game coming up. The Chiefs so. did not retain their best corner in free agency, Charvarius Ward. He uh-huh. went to 49ers, I think. Uh, and they drafted one. In fact, they after getting those two extra picks for Tyreek Hill, they used some of that draft capital to trade up from 29 to 21 to draft Washington cornerback Trent McDuffie mm-hmm. to presumably to take over for take the spot of Traverse Ward. Uh, but unfortunately for them, Trent McDuffie is on injured reserve. So I think Mike might have some good matchups against, I think, Legereus Sneed. Can't remember their other cornerback, but I think there's a chance for some good matchups. There. Yeah, I think though it's going to be tough on. on um, well, there's no excuses, but you know, having to move down to Miami for this week and then coming back, it, it, it's there's a lot of moving parts to this particular game. Okay, I heard something on the radio that I wanted to throw at you. Okay, uh, this this will be the last bit, and then we'll get to fan questions. Sure. So they were discussing if you could have any. Game worn jersey. You could get anybody's game worn jersey from or from any sport, any game, any time ever. What would you want? Like I think a lot of people would say Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan's jersey from the wow, flu Michael game. Jackson's glove would be pretty awesome. <laughs> I don't know how long um, that's been. Any one. Yeah, for so for me, like an obvious choice would be David Freeze's jersey from Game Six of the 2011 World Series. Okay. Uh, you, you probably don't know what happened, but obviously it's Cardinals related. Uh, that would be a big one. Maybe Albert Pujols in the game where he hit the home run that broke Brad Lidge, and in the playoffs in Houston. Wow. Rondé Barber's jersey from the uh, veteran shut down the vet game. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. That'd be great, wouldn't very, it? Very, very, very cool. Oh, wow. Gronkowski's jersey from this past Super Bowl, our past Super Bowl. He had two touchdowns. Jeez. I I was just kind of trying to think of, like, what would be the most... Historic? Yeah, iconic one. I wonder if know. it counts. Can you get Muhammad Ali's shorts from his, his match with... Was that called the Rumble in the Jungle? Yeah, well, yeah. Was that what it was called? Well, yes. George... Foreman. Foreman. Yeah, had a few of them. Yeah, there obviously. are a couple of them. Yeah, I mean, what's the biggest games ever? What are they? Uh, there's so many. I, I mean, see. in I, terms I, of worldwide, it's probably some soccer match. It, yeah, or Pele. Pele yeah. from a specific game, though. That's the point you're supposed oh, yeah. to name okay. the game. Yeah. The only thing I know about Pele is they had the hand of God play, where yeah. he apparently had a handball, <laughs> but they didn't call it. it. Should have been a penalty. was that Pele or was that uh, what was his name? Madonna. Mad- Diego Maradona. I believe so. I thought it was Pele. I think it was. I think it was. The other guy. They could have both had one of those. Uh, yeah. Let's look it up. Okay. Well, you do that because I'm I, looking. You know what, Jeff? Um, what? We're going to talk about knee pads again. Oh, we're gonna, we're oh gonna, yeah. We're going to well, get into that again we did. Well, during we, the questions. Well, we had that conversation down in the hallway. Yes, and yeah. to his credit, the guy who sparked this whole conversation has already figured out the answer that oh, we're going to share. Wow. He and he got it. He sent he, us another email. He was game on. All right. Hand of God. God. Is that, is that what you're Googling, hand of hand God? Hand of God, because isn't that what it was called? Well, I would think the Bible would come up. It does. There's lots of that. Okay. There's an American drama series, blah, right. blah, blah. But I think when I add in Pele. Uh-huh. You don't get it. I hand think of it God, would... Pele. The, the hand of God. Oh, gosh, darn it. Yeah. You're right and I'm wrong. Who was it? This is Diego Maradona. Thank you. 
The hand of God was a hand, handling goal scored by Argentine footballer Diego Maradona Donna, Donna, mm-hmm. during the Argentina versus England quarterfinals match of the 1986 FIFA World Cup. Yeah. I'm a little disappointed you didn't come up with a single jersey choice. I, you have every sport and every game at your disposal here. I know. You don't have to have the best offer. I You're know. not. I, see, I this struggle. This is like shopping. This is, this is why I struggle. Because, I, you know, is it a childhood memory or is it just a... Um, uh, I don't know, but I wish you'd get to it because I got work to do, man. Well, you know, we'll just bypass it because, I mean, I look at, I don't know. This is like shopping for shoes with your wife because that you would never go happen. To the mall. See, I'm doing exactly. I would do. I'm. A, I'm doing exactly what I would do. I would not be there. And I'm not intentionally being sexist here. No. Maybe it's just my experience with my own wife. But if you go to one shoe store. And find something that you like, buy that shoe. Okay. I see. I the problem is phobo. Yeah. Or maybe not offer fear of something better. Though. Yeah. But see, I don't. I don't know if this is the best one. Might be a better one at the next store. Okay. Two things. You don't have to pick the best answer of all time here, Jeff. Just give I me know. one answer. I just struggle because you know I think I'm trying to decide. You know I'm thinking is it buck related? Should I go with? Uh, why don't you get? Why don't you get a famous Dodger jersey? Kurt Gibson. Gibson. I give it to your if wife. you said if you said Dodgers, I would say Kurt Gibson. Why don't you get the Kurt Gibson in, in, from the limp off game okay, Homer? That um, and give it to your wife. But I would say, you know, for myself, I don't know. It might be, uh, you know, a Bobby Hall jersey. Oh wow! You know, Showing your age. Yeah. That's so a when I was player, a kid, right? yeah. When I was when I was a kid, you know, um, uh, I mean, who's the most famous athlete of all time? Ever. Huh? Muhammad Ali. But that's hard because it's not really a jersey. After that, is it Muhammad Well, his gloves, it would be his gloves. You would want his boxing okay. gloves. But if it has to be a jersey jersey. Is it is Michael Jordan the second most famous athlete of all time? See, but I never really cared about basketball. Yeah, I know. You know but a Tiger Woods. Uh, what, polo? Yeah. <laughs> you want some khakis? He probably was more stylish than that. All right, Jeff, that's enough on that, right? We got a bunch of fan questions, so uh, no guests this week, as we make clear. Mm-hmm. So we are going to do we don't we don't need to break. We don't need to break. No, no, we just straight Go through. right into the fan. Questions. This makes my life easy. It's only the people that really love hitting, hearing Ronnie Lane's voice are upset about that yep. decision, and they can rewind. Sure. <laughs> okay, we got to look at look, Jeff. Three pages. Holy smokes. We are consistently getting a lot of questions now, I think. Wow. I'm feeling good. It makes me feel like we're popular now. You know? We are. I haven't really been popular for large swaths of my life. Yeah. So this is kind of fun. Huh. You ready? Hello, dogs. Finally, a W over the Saints. Oh, by the way, this came in after we had recorded last week. Yeah. But obviously before the Packers game. Correct. And it's from a, a person named Stefan. In Germany, who had sent us a question before. In oh, Berlin. Yeah. yeah, yes, yes, yes. What a performance by the defense. But where there is light, there is shadow. Only three catches of eight targets by Scotty. Scotty Miller. I read in an article that Brady was... I could read in an article that Brady was very unhappy at the sideline. And I guess Stefan here is putting those two things together. Yeah. yeah. Brady had some unhappy moments in the game. I don't know if anybody has, has connected that with a, with a Scotty Miller play or not. 
Have they? I know. I did. I I'm kind of puzzled by that. My question: New chance for Scotty next game against the Packers, or elevate one of the young rookies? Oh. Greetings from Berlin, Stefan. And he says, and yes, pronounced like Stefan. Stefan, it was uh, an opportunity for Scotty in the Packer game. Did not go as well as Scotty would have hoped. It was both of those things, really, because they did bring Kalen Geiger up from the practice squad. Uh, it wasn't an elevation. It was actual signing. So they did do that, and they also added Cole Beasley, obviously. But Scotty Miller played – it was also an opportunity for Scotty. He played 52 snaps, which was tied with Russell Gage for the most by any of our receivers. 52 out of Apostle's 65 snaps. Wow. So he was out there 80% of the time. So it definitely was an opportunity. Ended up with – I think he had three catches. Five targets and, and two it catches. turned into one catch for four one yards. Catch. Okay. So that didn't go well again. No. And and that connection, which was so good in 2020, is having a hard time reestablishing itself. I, 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 don't, I don't know what it's all about. To me, it's like a mental – it's got to be a mental thing because physically he's still he's if fine. I, if, I, if I recall correctly, when we started the season with – all these receivers not hurt and not suspended. Right. Wasn't Scotty inactive for the first game? Yeah, he was. So when all those guys are back, I think the opportunities are going to go down again. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. But that doesn't mean it's the end of anything for Scotty. No, no. I think he's still got quite a bit of career left yeah. ahead of him. Yeah. Um, We're fans. We're fans of Scotty's. Go ahead. Okay, next question. Uh-huh. By the way, you know how when some, you send an email or a text or something from your phone and it puts on the tagline? That is from your phone? Yeah, no, you know you can take that off. I'm aware of that. And I think I have. I have, But too. some people have not. Yeah. And so this one, <laughs> the, Stefan's email actually dropped one in, but it's in German. What's it say? Well, I'm going to – it is probably horrifying how badly I'm going to butcher this because I don't know how to speak. Does it, is it German-German iPhone? It says, Des Nachricht wurde von meinem Android mobile telephone mit GMX mail gesendet. Oh. If you could guess, out of those one, two, three, he four, has an five, Android six, seven, phone. Eight, nine, yeah. He uses Gmail. If you could guess out of nine nine German words I tried to pronounce there, how many I even got close to getting right? What would you say? If I put the over under a two, would you go over or under? I'd go under. So one maybe. <laughs> I think I might have got mit right because it's just M I T. Okay. Maybe maybe Stefan can write back and tell me if I got close to any of them. Okay. He's laughing right now. You do know that. Not correct. He's he's Wurda von Mina von. I had to get von right. Listen, he's rewinding it right now, and he's he's tapping his buddies and goes, "Listen Listen to this. this Listen to this. Listen to this idiot." (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, So, well, I mean, I think the lesson here is that Stefan is a lot better at English than I am at German. Which is very interesting in Europe that. English is almost everyone's second language, yeah. but but in in America, well, it should be Spanish. Would be, it should be if 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 I, gosh, you know, if I could speak a second language, it would be Spanish. That's American imperialism for you. Yeah, we think our way is the right way. Well, the, how you do it if you're an American and you're in a foreign country, you just talk louder. Yeah, that makes that makes people understand and okay. s- talk slower. Okay, so now this is from Todd. Um, just Todd. Todd. So now that it's officially been over two years, well, maybe that's a slight exaggeration. Has Ryan Jensen's swelling on his knee gone down enough to finally take an x-ray? Can you imagine if it's determined, yep, he needs surgery after waiting two plus months? That would appear to me to be irresponsible. Thus, I hold out hope that it wasn't such a bad injury since it hasn't required surgery, kind of like Tristan Worf's last year. Thoughts? 
Todd. P.S. Perhaps I missed any kind of update on him. I just don't recall. He just seemed to fade to black. He is the charter member of the Salty Dogs this week. <laughs> he... <laughs> Ryan Jensen has not faded to black. He's no, still around. He does. I saw him not the other day. Um, and I think you're absolutely right, Todd, that um, it's... The way you said that is like an old Saturday Night Live sketch. Yeah. Todd. Were those the Coneheads? I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. I think those might have been the kids in the Coneheads. I don't, I don't, it was during that, that time it was, frame. It was the Gilda Radner. Yeah, yeah I, think it, I don't think it was the Coneheads, but it was during that time. Okay. Go ahead. Todd wore his pants up really high. That's right. Um, I think it is that – I'd say it's two things here. Okay. You you held him on the active roster through the 53-man cuts and then mm-hmm. put him on IR. And the only reason to do that is you think there's a chance he'll come back. Right. I, I don't think that Todd Bowles or anybody on the staff feels it's necessary to give – Detailed updates on Ryan Jensen's progress. Yeah, the only time the, the only time they have to give an update on an injury is if you're playing or not. Exactly. So when he gets asked these questions periodically, it's, it is kind of slowing down now. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not surprising to me that he does not really give out any information. No. And I, it's you strategically know what? It's, fine. It's someone's it's someone's health, and you don't have to disclose it. Yeah, and it's also a strategic decision. Sure. So you know, coaches will give out the information that they have to. Some. Some will give more and some will not. But, Todd, you made me laugh, so that's a plus. Um, yeah, I, I don't think they know for sure, but I don't think this is a situation where they're going to cross their fingers for three months and then have surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, no, no. So it's something that they believe can heal without surgery, just will it be in time? Mm-hmm. They're hedging their bets. Because if you do do surgery, then the recovery process is even longer. Yeah. Right? Yeah, true. All right, next. Hey, Jeff and Scott. Hey. Thanks for reading. Do you remember last week? I didn't bring the picture down, but I described to you the picture. That oh, yeah. With the two with twins the, with the kids. Yeah. Watching the game. And I made a point of saying that also the Christmas tree looked like it was really, really well decorated. Uh-huh. Hey, Jeff and Scott. Thanks for reading my follow-up email last week. My, my wife thought it was awesome that you called out how well decorated the tree looked. <laughs> That's all her. And she's so good at it that we have two trees, each with their own theme. Oh, I, I have not heard of that before. I, like it like one in the family room one in the living room yeah, or one 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 that sits out in the uh uh the big bay window so the neighbors get to enjoy that, it right. as you go by yeah i think it makes sense one in one room and one in all another right. um i would never do that because the worst part of all that is taking the tree down and were those all the ornaments were the was that a real tree in the picture could I you think tell it was but i i'd have to go back okay because if it's not a real tree you're going to lose points i'll see that not hurts. you them we use an artificial tree. It's just really good. You, you lose oh. points. But lose points. We, we decorate it well. I understand. And it's a really good artificial it tree. It could still be, it could be the most beautiful artificial tree there was. However, it's artificial. You don't have to throw it out on the on the sidewalk uh, after the after the holiday season. It's recycling. They chop it. They make it into mulch and good to go. So you're, This one has like, it's not just like you, you pull never, it out of the box. And I, you have to do like 50 Scott, different branches into Scott, the slots. I totally understand. Like seven different rings. I understand what you're saying. Real tree. Well, whatever. You're okay. just an elitist. No. You're a tree elitist, Jeff. I am not. You're a, a tree elitist. That's called traditionalist. You're a tree elitist. Go ahead, traditionalist. Uh, you can forget that invitation to come over for my Christmas Eve party Okay. Now. So anyways, 
His wife okay. decorates both trees. My we, question, though, this week, yeah, she decorates. She, okay. He sits all her, and she's so good at that they yeah. do too. He's smart because he's bringing her up in this. In I know. This. I'm accusing my he, wife of being a bad yeah. shoe, shoe shopper. Sure, and and he's very, very smart, yeah. very smart. My question, though, this week, I'm loving how great Anton Winfield Jr. looks in the nickel, and it really seems like he can thrive there, but does that hurt his chances at getting all pro votes for safety? Mm. I don't completely understand how that whole process works, but I would think him playing more snaps as a nickel corner would put him in a different category. Okay, don't worry. Don't oh, worry. This is from Phil in Spokane. Thanks for taking the time. P.S. You were right that he goes by by Finn, so we've got Finn and Quinn the twins. Because like they had it. those jerseys yeah, 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 that yeah, said yeah, yeah. Quinn and Finn again. <laughs> yeah. And they, they, their jerseys spelled R2-D2, so they're probably Star Wars. Star Wars. They're learning. Nets. Yeah. Um, don't worry, Phil. That's not going to be a problem. He remains – Listed as a safety, uh, he he's listed as a safety in every single um, flip card, fl- uh, play by play. Uh-huh. That's printed out. Even when we started in a nickel, it just lists three safeties. And part of the reason for that is it can cause problems in the whole NFL system when you start changing players' position numbers. Uh-huh. Michael Pahanic of the communications department was explaining this to me the other day because I'm like, we both kind of bemoan the fact that our play by plays are saying three safeties when it's really a nickel. So can we use NB? He says the problem with that is it screws up some other stat compilation issues, especially like streaks. And he, he uh, pointed out that in Dominican Sue, when we had him, he had the longest streak of games played and started in the NFL. It was up to something like 170. But when you searched in their stat program, he wouldn't come up because at times he was listed as a DE uh, or a DT okay. or we said DL, and it kind of messes up the streak. You lose the fact that you're starting, but it's just a different position. And there's a couple other ways that it messes with the stat compilation yeah. if you start changing guys' positions. So no matter where he plays on the field, he's going to be listed in the official stuff as a safety. And when we get to the Pro Bowl balloting time, he's going to be listed as a safety. Mm-hmm. And your average fan – especially one that doesn't watch the Bucks as closely as maybe Phil does and, and we do, may not understand that when Antoine's not out there, he's not technically playing safety on like 60% of the snaps. They just know he's a safety and he's versatile. And we can look at it that way. That's fine. He's still a safety. Yeah. When it's in a base package, he's playing safety. And then he goes into the nickel when we go into sub packages. See, that's, I learned something that it wouldn't change it. it it'll be fine. He I was will, not in that conversation. Everybody is going to continue to think of Antoine Winfield as safety. Same thing. Exact same thing as Tyran Matthew, and nobody ever thought he made Pro Bowls and mm. All Pros as a safety, and he's he was doing this, playing like safety nickel. Okay, Kay. so no worries, Phil. Phil, no worries. All right, moving on to a question from Oh gosh, oh no, I somehow didn't. You're get holding it. your nose. Why are you? No, no, no. I just nose? I didn't get the name. I didn't copy the name. Uh oh. Well, we can ask the question, and they know who they are. Maybe you, when you start talking again, I'll look in my emails and see if I can find it yeah. on my phone. Well, why don't you give me the question, and I'll think about what okay, the Okay, first is. of all, it starts out, and I don't know if this is a dig or not, or if I've mentioned this before, and maybe it's a callback. All right. But he says, greetings to the best podcast, thank you, on Al Gore's, quotes, internets. Oh, I got it. That's... That's because That's there's that dip. joke yeah. that Al Gore he says invented he invented the, the internet. Yeah, yeah. The problem with that is what people don't realize is he didn't ever say he invented the internet. No. He was actually instrumental in pushing forward the funding that led to, to the internet. The internet. Yeah. That is true. Al Gore does deserve credit for the existence of the internet. And some the, of it. And the internet was really supposed to be for military yeah, yeah. and not was spo- and not for social media people. So I'm not saying he he's never said and I'm not saying he invented the internet right. and whoever did Whoever was involved in that evolution deserves credit. 
but Al Gore does deserve some credit to the fact that we developed the internets. Whoever was involved, I say thank you. Good job. Although, yeah. you know, not everything about it has been great. No. <laughs> um, but it's good now because most people are listening to us on the internet. So that's why it's called a podcast. Dang. I don't think I can get my you can't go that far from here. Oh, so I'm going gonna, gonna to have to apologize to... Whoever well, now was he's going to ask this now, question. Well, I like it. He's going to come back being salty. That well, you... I'll make sure next week to uh, give him credit. Okay. I think it was a repeat guy. Oh yeah, no, no, this is the knee pad guy. Oh. So knee pad guy knows who he was. Was that Steve? Uh, I think wasn't it a dude in Tennessee? I don't know. No, so that's Sam. Okay. okay anyway, knee pad. Okay, guy. to <laughs> to set the scene. Last week we're so bad. Last okay. week is a knee pad guy. <laughs> it's knee pad guy. <laughs> Last week, knee pad guy asked if um, they don't wear knee pads. Why? Anymore. How? Why don't they wear knee pads anymore? And uh, I went down to ask Mike in the equipment room. We saw Mike actually in the hallway. Remember, we were standing in the hallway. I'd already asked him this question before. Oh, you, did you, this happened oh, after afterwards. This. You were giving him the news that he'd been on the podcast. Oh, that's right. Podcast. That's right. That's right. That, I went down there and asked him, um, "Do any? How many of our guys still wear knee pads?" And he's like, "All of oh. them. It's required." Which was not the answer I was expecting, and um, obviously not the answer that knee pad guy was expecting. And then he started showing, we saw him in the hallway, and he started pointing to the big pictures on yeah, the wall and like explaining, he's like, look. Old, yeah, old school picture, you can see the knee pads. New school, Well, you could pad see them sometimes. But they were above their knee pad. They put the knee pad in there, but then the pants get pulled up above their knees. Yeah. So it's not really serving as a knee pad. It's, it's a, like a lower thigh pad. Or an upper knee pad. So they are con complying with the league rules. But those knee pads are not over their knee. Right. And that's why. And this is something he realized separately. Uh, Thanks for reading my inquiry regarding the seeming disappearance of knee pads within the NFL. Upon hearing your further discovery with your equipment expert, I reviewed more photos and concede that the players are indeed wearing knee pads. However, let's agree to agree. Yes, I do agree. They are exploiting the ambiguity of the gray. I'm not sure why that had to be in quote marks. Uh -huh. They are technically quote marks, wearing knee pads, but they are, quote marks, faux knee pads. They're not faux. That's I don't agree with that. They're not fake. They're real. Yeah. They are faux knee pads sewn into the pants above the kneecap as to leave the knee joint and kneecap fully exposed and unprotected from a direct blow, obviously to enhance the mobility of the player. But let's yeah. not blame this on the on no. the equipment or the equipment people. Nope. The player chooses to pull his pants. Or they just ride up. So... Uh, mobility over protection, a risk most skilled players will take all day long. Hey, I'm cool with it. Let's just hope the next exploration isn't the case of the disappearing jock Speaking of, speaking of. Hey, you yeah. stepped on the joke at the end. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's just hope the next exploration isn't the case of the disappearing jock strap. Oh. There you go. Speaking of weirdness on pads and things like that, how about Tom Brady running uh, up the field and then <laughs> that was great. and sliding and then coming up and his knee pad was, was or knee oh, pad, his – his knee brace was all twisted out. Oh, that's out. right. He broke it. And, and, and Hainsey bent down to help him with it, and, and someone yeah. tweeted out, everybody needs a friend like Hainsey. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see any of uh, You didn't? That really? run didn't even count, man. It doesn't matter. It's the quarterback. No, I'm, I'm not saying I, that's the reason I didn't no. see it. Oh, I'm just saying. when It made me think of protection, mobility. Okay, moving on. Ahoy. Oh. Ahoy in Parentheses, extra question mark, salty ones. Yeah. Oh, wait, extra salty ones? Hey, I don't think we're too extra salty today. No, sometimes. Hope this finds you both well. It so does. can we talk about that defense? Are we traveling time or something, which I assume to be a reference yeah. of going, going back, back the old days? Old days, old buck ball. 
I really love how the D- team is playing the defense, of course. Just remembering everyone. I think he means just reminding everyone. Uh-huh. The Bucks still lead the division, and nobody got hurt. I meant to talk about that last week. So the team is getting healthier. Logan Ryan, is this the best first three games of a DB with the Bucks? I mean, the guy is everywhere. Yeah, in the wow. stat sheet. He's certainly trying to make an effort there. Prediction moment: K. Dotton will score his first touchdown Sunday against Kansas. Oh. Since you did, thanks for reading Alexander Nascimento from Sao Paulo. Wow, he's going out on an edge on that one. Well, he, this was yeah. So, Kate will be back. Um, he missed this game because he was he his mother had passed yeah, away, very sad. which he shared on Instagram, which yeah. is why we feel fine to share it. He presumably will be back for this game, and that would be great. That would be great. I mean, if and you get be a nice touch, if yes. you get near the goal line, the tight ends are always a possibility because they'll release. Yeah, you know, yep. maybe chip block and then release. Um, so it doesn't have to be a real complicated play or long play for it to happen. Nope. Still think it's kind of an out there prediction. I, I don't. I wouldn't put any money on that. Yeah, but that's what predictions should be. They shouldn't be. You know. I don't know. Is Logan Ryan? It's probably not the best first three games ever. No, but he sure is looking good. He's and making you, an impact. You know, you feel good about having him. And he's allowing the Bucks to use Antoine Winfield the way they want to. Mm. All right. All right. Another one. Okay. Ahoy, salty dogs. Even this is from Alex Kanata in Wichita, Kansas. All right. We got into the uh, Glenn Campbell, Wichita lineman, all of that. Continue. Yeah, and if whether or not I've ever been to Kansas, because yeah. I can't remember if I ever crossed over when we were Kansas played City, in Missouri. Kansas City. Yeah. Well, I, I also worked there for a year, sure, or for a season. I, I'm sure you were. You had to. Even though the bus isn't is it downtown Kansas? Isn't you said there this a last line? Time. I think there is. I don't remember. Even though the Bucks have used free agency resources and future dead cap hits, cap hits. To prioritize As you said, dead, dead cats. cats. <laughs> we are using every dead cat we can get our hand on. Because, you know, there's that saying, you can't swing a dead cat without. <laughs> it's taking someone. it too literal. <laughs> to prioritize signings. Wow, who would have thought you'd work that one in? <laughs> <laughs> to prioritize signings to help the current roster. They have essentially not used. It. Okay, let's start over here. Okay. He's saying we have used free agency resources and done those types of um contracts where you're spreading some of the cap hit out into future years, which we didn't do for the longest time, but we did now with the Super Bowl window open and Tom Brady here, right? So he says, even though we've done that, they have essentially not used any future draft picks to acquire talent to help the current team. Mm-hmm. Do you know if that is just a rough avenue to go down or if you, or if you think, or if you think it would be a possibility depending on player and price? 100% would be a possibility. 100%. I have no doubt that with this team now, and it presumably continues to contend, but feels like it's a piece away. I could absolutely see um, Jason Light pulling the trigger on a deal. I was just going to say. I will point out that we Jason did trade a fifth-round pick to the Patriots for Shaq Mason. Which is pretty strong. And they traded a future pick to get the pick to use for Zion McCollum. So there have been some. Mm-hmm. But I think I get his point. I think what – let's see, it's Alex. I think what Alex is talking about here – Probably has in mind were those big blockbuster trades from the offseason like um, Tyreek Hill, mm-hmm. uh, Devontae Adams, something like that. Who's very unhappy being with the – He's unhappy that they're losing. Yeah. So the old fault he's with, with the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, he, wanted well, play, he wanted to play with his buddy. Well, uh, I think he's that. talking about bigger blockbuster type trades. Yeah. And part of the thing there is I, I think this offseason may, may, offseason may have made us believe this kind of stuff happens all the time. It really doesn't. No. Um, so there are opportunities for this kind of thing to come along often because unless it's like Kansas City and Green Bay worried about not being able to sign 
those guys to the type of deal they wanted, nobody's going to trade you Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams. So they just it's not going to happen very often, right? So right. I don't think the opportunities are there very often, but I absolutely do believe that that would be within Jason Light's range of things he'd be willing to do. No question on right? that. Right. If it's the right – if yeah. he feels it's the right move. It's also a little bit harder to do in season. You know, the Raiders got Adams and the Dolphins got Hill with plenty of time to work him into their offense, and it's going particularly well for the Dolphins. Um you you yeah. if hey if if Minnesota suddenly wanted to trade us Justin Jefferson we I might think just we'd sign up for that do it, but <laughs> it would be a little bit it might be a bit until he's making the type of impact yeah. that you're looking for sure okay all right last one okay hey dogs first of all I hope and pray so this one obviously came in very recently mm-hmm. I hope and pray that you and your families will be staying safe with this hurricane coming through thank you to Sam in Nashville Tennessee thank you Sam yeah so far so good yeah and, and we're hoping that we're going to be okay but. This area, this area has a pretty good track record yep. of the hurricanes going elsewhere. I don't know if you guys are doing the podcast this week with all the different interruptions to the normal schedule this week, but if you are, I have a question and a comment. Well, we are. And we, yeah. We just we're, didn't we're, have a player. We're yes. playing through. We're, and I think we are delivering at least as long of a podcast as usual, even oh, without the player. We are We are at an hour and 34 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you said to me, how long do we have to go? I said an hour and 15 minutes. And with a play, no. Well, for serious. For serious. Yeah, we, we, we have a commitment to do that. And I said, you can talk. It's, I'm not worried it's about it. Like, don't worry about it. it. Yeah, don't worry about it. Well, we so, are nearing the end here. We are. My question is, what is the Bucks record for consecutive games with one or fewer offensive touchdowns I would imagine that we are getting close with three in a row. There's another question, but let's get to that one first. I don't think you make that prediction if you think about the long history of this team and the many, many years this team spent in offensive purgatory. Yeah. Uh, This team was not known for offense until relatively recently. About three years ago. Well, I mean, we we had a <laughs> little bit with there under Dirk. A little yeah, bit yeah. with jo- with uh, Jameis and Mike Evans, mm-hmm. and a little bit with, and you know, we had some important offensive players like Mike Allstott worked yeah. on and Joey Brad Galloway, Johnson. Vincent. Brad Johnson managed to get yeah. the offense with enough right. points to win. Yeah, and we're kind of hitting their stride in in the playoffs that year. But there have been a lot of lot of lot of lean years. For example. In 1976, the Buccaneers didn't even score a touchdown until their fourth game. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. the first one was on defense. And in 1977, it somehow was worse, and the Buccaneers scored a total of eight touchdowns the entire season. Crazy, isn't Seven it? on offense. Yeah. Or 14 games that year, so they scored one touchdown for every two games. Yeah. So hard, you won't, hard to win. You will not be surprised to know that three is not the record or even halfway there yet. There was a streak in 77 where the Bucs went seven games in which they scored only one or fewer touchdowns. Wow. There was another one in 1990 that went six games. There was another one across 95 and 96 that went five games. And there were four more that went four games most recently in the 2000 to 2001 seasons. Really? So it's been quite some time. If this happens again. 2000, 2001? Across them, like December into the next. Oh, okay. Um, So the last time it's happened within a single season uh, well, actually, I don't have that because there's a bunch of other threes as well. Mm-hmm. But if we get if it happens one more time, then it will be the longest such streak in more than 20 years. That's crazy. I don't expect that to happen. Considering you have the greatest quarterback ever. Yeah, but hopefully that changes. The offensive construction right now is just wow. not not there for scoring. I, it, the Packer game reminded me of old Packer games when there was a black and blue division. Uh, They're just. 
you know, beating each other up, just mm. trying to go, go, go. Okay. And then it made me think of what Sapp said long ago: "Give us 17 points, yeah. we'll win." Yeah. And you look at that score, you're kind of you're kind of there. Well, that defense could oh. could uh, back that up back then. Well, this defense this is defense can too. Give yeah. It, yeah, they're giving a run for the We've money allowed, right now. What three, ten, and fourteen? Yeah. Yeah, twenty-seven three, points. Yeah, twenty-seven With, points, nine per game. That's pretty solid. You're going to win a lot. Best of in the league. You're going to you're going to win a lot of games. You keep doing that. Okay. Second question from Sam. Oh. Also, can we just give a shout out to Ryan Suckup? I think Bucks fans may be taking him for granted, but if you lived through the 2015-19 Buck years, I think it goes back a little further than that. Actually, we should all be grateful that Suckup is hitting his field goals to even give us a chance to be in these games, Packers, or to give us two scores leads to get out games out of reach, Cowboys Saints. Yeah. I'm confident the offense will figure it out. That's what we've been talking about. Sure. But while we are working through the kinks, it's nice to have Ryan for a third straight year. Yeah. The difference is this looks like more like the 2020 version of Ryan than the 2021. The 2021 version of Ryan was at least worrisome enough that the Buccaneers gave Jose Borregas a chance to win the job. Ryan was phenomenal in training camp and didn't give up his job and has started out the season great. The difference is <coughs> we're getting those – 45, yeah. 47 yarders now. The six of his eight field goals have been from 44, 45, or 47 yards. And he's made all of them. The one miss he had was like from 36 yards. That's great. That's what we needed. That's what we were worried about last year. He's already got more field goals of 44 yards or longer this year than he had all of last year. Wow. Because we weren't trying him as much. He was still making them all within yeah. the forty, and that there's confidence there that we, yeah, he can there do should it. be. Yeah, he's 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 just drilling them all. He's got the most forty plus yard field goals in in the league right now. So we'll give him props, and that's what he wanted. So yes, Sam, we will give him props, and now everybody that's listening to this podcast feels a little bit better about. There you go, Ryan Suckup. They can't say can't kick. That's it. That's all the questions. That's uh, we have to remember to um, next week to. Well, he'll probably send me an email, I'm guessing, but right. we got to give Knee Brace Guy his actual name. Okay. I mean, I'll know it within five minutes after we're done here because yeah. I'm going to go back to my gonna, and look. Yeah. And I'm going to go, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, oh, I know. And I could go back in and edit it. Oh, no, no. Phil, 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 Phil from Spokane was the tree guy with the twins. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's not Phil. Well, either way, it'll be fun because he, he'll get to listen twice. I guess that's true. He'll have another reason to listen. Dang. Um, so far, I think we're going to be safe here. Um, and we're, you know, we're probably the only two people in this building. The we're lights gonna, keep going off. I know. We're going to close it out because <laughs> officially the Advent Health Training Center is closed. The next two days. For the next two days, yes. So right outside this conference room, we keep seeing lights go out because they're motion sensing. If they don't sense motion for a certain amount of time, they go out. We, we are in the dark. And not only that, <laughs> but as I look out down into the front lobby, um, it's just the cleaning lady. It's the security security's gone? gone. So well, the team left. They don't. Yeah. They don't need to keep us. Every, secure. Yep. Nope. Everybody's gone. But but the salty dogs are holding down the fort. <laughs> so they say we can't come in the next two days though. Nope. We're prohibited from nope. coming here. Nope. Well, hopefully we play at Raymond James Stadium Saturday yeah. night against yep. the Kansas City Chiefs. If not, if not, we'll be playing somewhere uh, because they're not going to give up that Sunday night game. Tom Brady. Patrick Mahomes. Well, that's a huge game. That's what I'm saying. I'm excited. And by your theory, some uh, people might get to see it free. Uh, well, we're gonna, you know what? I'm going to look into that and we'll talk about that next week. I need to know. Well, All we'll right. know the answer by next week. Well, that's true. Yeah. But we'll tell everybody that okay. I was right again. <laughs> Two weeks in a row. So are you Two. putting this? What? Well, you got a couple things right today. Cause you got Diego, Diego Maradona right, too. Thank you. Um, are you putting this up today or tomorrow? Uh, I'm going to send it to them. They'll probably put it up tomorrow. Because we don't have to worry about the player interview this time. No, we're not doing a player interview. 
No, because there's nobody here to interview but you and me. Right. All right, I'm out of here. You? I'm out of here. All right. And since you did, you're out of here. Thanks for listening. (laughs)